you have your Bible, turn with me to Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Hosea chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them from the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword or battle, by horses or horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are sons and daughters of the living God. And then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Saith, uh, great will be the day of Jezreel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are uh, finishing up our current series, the series that is uh, called God's Great Big Dysfunctional Family Tree. Um, it is, uh, we've been talking about how the Old Testament is our spiritual family that we have been grafted into, that we are a part of, and uh, it is our spiritual ancestry.com or our spiritual one, two, three, and me, and so we get to see where we spiritually came from. And so we've been talking about how, you, we, you know, you would think that that spiritual DNA, that spiritual family tree would have been some type of uh, really holy, kind of have-it-all-together kind of people. But what we're seeing is that the folks are pretty dysfunctional. 
which gives hope for me and gives hope for you, gives hope for us to be a part of just that. And so as we look at it, um, we, we looked at folks like the first family, Cain and Abel, and saw in that how we cannot let resentment or envy take over. We cannot, we, we need to realize that we are our brothers and sisters' keepers and that we, uh, that God's grace is always extended. And then the second week, we talked about Moses and we talked about how the four don'ts of Moses and uh, don't let your past deter your uh, your purpose. Don't let your, your defect define you or disqualify you. Don't let your setback silence you and don't let your performance take the place of God's presence in your life. And God can use you in mighty ways if we live up to those don'ts or if we live by those don'ts. And then we talked about David. David the good, that one that became a shepherd boy, eventually becomes king, fully relies on God, writes many of the psalms, most of the psalms, and, and, and it's all about praise. But then David the bad, who, who of course went and, and committed adultery with Bathsheba and, and then covers it up by killing her husband and, and, and just things go downhill from there. But then David the beautiful by repentance. And God can take our good. He can take our bad. He can make it beautiful when we repent and whenever we turn our lives over to him. And then last week was Ladies' Night. Y'all remember Ladies' Night? And we talked about some women, some of the bad girls in the Bible and all, but they made it into Matthew's gospel and the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, they made it in there, and, 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 and it, but it was folks like Tamar and, and Rahab the harlot and, and, and Ruth the Moabite. She was a foreigner and a widow. And then, of course, Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And like I say, we know what happened there. But all of this is to help us know that God can use us. And so I, I thought about how to finish this series up because we're starting a new one on Revelation next week now. Next week starts a new one on Revelation chapter 2 and 3 called God's Re Report Card for the Church. We're going to have devotions that go along with that and everything. Pastor Kim's been writing the devotion, and she's done a great job on that. So we're, we put in, instead of purchasing one from a publisher and all, we, we did our own this year. And so uh, pray for that. And I know it's going, uh, her part will be good, I know. But anyway, the, um, but we're, we're looking at that. But I wanted to end, since today is Valentine's Day, since it is Valentine's weekend, I wanted to end with a love story. I wanted to end this great big, God's great big dysfunctional family tree with a love story. Now, you know, Valentine's Day is named after a, actual, a, a priest uh, who, was, who is now known as Saint Valentine. He was a priest, and after the Roman emperor, Claudius demanded that young soldiers could not marry, Saint Valentine actually went and did their marriages in secret. And so he did, he did the ceremonies in secret. He is imprisoned because of it, and even later executed because of it. I don't know about you. They're kind of hard on preachers those days. But anyway, um, but he, he, but while he's in prison, um, they say that the jailer's daughter was blind and St. Valentine actually prayed for her and God healed her through him. And then they kind of, you know, kind of struck up a relationship and he would send her love notes and he would sign them from your Valentine. 
And in fact, it says that even on his way to the chopping block, on his way to, uh, to, to his execution, he said bye to her and from your valentine. And so uh, that's kind of just a quick history. I won't charge you a dollar extra for that, okay? But Valentine's Day. But most of the time, when we think about Valentine's weekend or Valentine's Day, we think about love. So I wanted to talk about a love story this morning. I want to tell you a love story this morning. Now, what is this love story all about? What is this love story all about? It's from Hosea, and Hosea was a prophet, and Hosea ends up marrying a prostitute by the name of Gomer. So what's this love story all about? First of all, this is a story about God's claim on our lives. It's a story about God's claim on our lives. Now, God uses the prophet Hosea. This is a time Israel is out there. They're doing a spiritual adultery. They are, uh, they are worshiping other gods, and that's what God would call that, spiritual adultery, spiritual betrayal. And they were worshiping other gods, and they were getting all into Baal worship and pagan worship and all of this, and they were forgetting about the true God. And so God says, Hosea, I want to use your life as a symbol and a sign of what I feel and what I want to do for my people. And so he tells Hosea, he says, Hosea, go and get you a wife. Look look at verses 2 and 3 of Hosea 1. The Lord began to speak by Hosea. The Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. Harlotry is prostitution. And for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So listen what Hosea does. Now God's told him, Go find you a prostitute and take her as your wife. I don't know about y'all. That's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty kind of wild command there. But the Bible says, so he went. Oh, I could preach on that one all day long. I mean, that's what I know that, I mean, we need to ask ourselves, are we going to go when God says go and do what God says do? But Hosea did, even though it sounded kind of wild, sounded kind of out there, Hosea goes and it says, so he went and took Gomer the daughter of Deblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Now, so Hosea goes, now I'm not sure how he found Gomer. I don't know if he like knew her from when they were, uh, when they were teenagers or something like that. I don't know if he went and, and looked across the men's locker room and, every, and whoever's name was in every stall. I, I'm not sure exactly how he came about Gomer. But anyway, he takes this girl named Gomer. Now, already she's got the name kind of, uh, you know, because I know for us, we think of Gomer, all we can think about is Gomer Pyle, right? Shazam! You know what I I'm saying I can talk like him, but anyway, the uh, but y'all didn't know that, did you? But 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 Gomer is a woman in this, okay? And so he takes Gomer as uh, his wife. He finds he finds a prostitute and takes her as his wife. He finds somebody that has a reputation that that we would probably these days or what we would used to call a hoochie mama, you know, and um and. Don't, don't say that again. But anyway, uh, and, and, and he claims her as his wife. He claims her as his wife. A very unlikely person. But you know what? This is exactly what God has done for us. God has laid a claim on our lives, even though we're not worthy, even though we may not have even been looking for Him, God has initiated a relationship with us and has laid claim on our lives as well. God has has sent us a love letter. I talked to the children about this is God's love letter. 
He sent us a love note. You remember whenever you were young and, and you were in school and you used to, there was that special someone and, and you would write a little love letter to it. And, and I, I remember I would write, I like you. Do you like me? Yes, no, check this box. Y'all remember doing the check this box? Of course, I always had a maybe in there because I figured, hey, maybe was better than a no any day. Amen. So you're saying there's a chance, right? You know, and, 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 um, and so um, that's what God has done for us. God has initiated. He is saying, I love you. I am claiming you as my people. And that's what he did for Israel. That's what he's doing for us. That's what Hosea did for Gomer. So it's a story of God's claim on our life. Not only is it a story of God's claim on our life, but it is also a story of our rebellion and betrayal. It's a story of our rebellion and betrayal. See, God outlines here the response of his people in the three children that Hosea, that, that uh, Gomer ends up having. The first, Hosea gives her a child, and the first one's name is Jezreel, which means, uh, which is the first son, and his name meant a place of death and carnage. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sure that would get somebody beat up. You know what I mean? Whenever they're growing up in school right there. I mean, come on over here, carnage. You know, I mean, I can just see that right now. And, and, and so they named the first one that because that's sort of, he said, he's, he's laying out how Israel has treated his love. And then the second child, Lo Ruhamah, his second child, a daughter, her name meant no mercy or without compassion. In other words, I bet nobody messed with that young lady. Amen. I mean, if her name's No Mercy, then it was like going to be No Mercy. So anyway, and then Lo-Ami, the third child, is a son, and his name means not my people. And that was declaring it what Israel had chosen not to be. And so these three children are kind of the symbols for this. Their names are the symbols for the way God's people have left and betrayed and have left God and left the relationship. And that's what happens with Hosea and Gomer. See, we're not sure when exactly Gomer started kind of getting that wondering eye again. Some scholars actually think, because the Bible says that Hosea gave her the first son, some scholars even think maybe the second two children was out of adultery, that she had been seeing somebody else and was pregnant with them. And, and, but, but what we do know is that one thing leads to another. I don't know if Gomer got hooked up with some folks on Instagram, Facebook, some old friends, some folks from the old business. I, I don't know if she maybe uh, made her a Tinder profile, made her a profile on Tinder. And if you don't know what that is, that is a good thing that you don't know what that is. All right. But anyway, maybe she made her one of those. But the next thing you know, Gomer has left her family. She has left the ones that love her. She has left those, and she has gone back to the old business and is back into adultery and prostitution. And folks, maybe none of us have gone to that extent. Maybe none of us have gone to that extent, uh, but, but just like she has left Hosea and her children there and has gone into that lifestyle, we have all left God in those kind of ways. Amen. We have all left God. We have chosen to do it our way instead of doing it God's way. We have chosen to do our own thing. We have chosen to put our jobs, our money, our pleasure, our homes, our cars, and our stuff so that we can get more stuff and we can put it in storage so we can have room for more stuff. We put all of that, we put all of that above God and we're like the people of Israel there. 
that have left him. And like Gomer, who has left Hosea. In fact, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, Paul writes it and says it like this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so that dysfunction that started way back with Adam and Eve and Cain and Moses and David and Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba has continued with me and with you. But thank the Lord that's not the end of the story. Not only is this love story about God's claim on our lives and not only is this love story about our rebellion and betrayal, but this love story is also about God's redemption plan for us. Because uh, Gomer's gone now. She's back into prostitution. It even gets worse, though. She's even to a point that she, has, uh, she gets caught up into the trafficking part of that. And so now she is being sold as a slave. And so here's what God tells Hosea to do in Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord said to me, Go again. Love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I hope that the raisin cakes of the pagans are not like little Debbie raisin cakes, because I really like those, by the way. But what he's saying is, they've left me. They've run away. And he says, now, Hosea, just like... The people of Israel have left me. Gomer has left you. Here's what I want you to do. Go and take her back. So look what happens in verse 2. So Hosea says, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. There she is up there, and she probably closes her eyes so she don't even see who's bidding and all. And about that time, she hears the familiar voice. And it's her husband. He says, I'll redeem her. I'll purchase her. Fifteen shekels. Barley. And he takes her back, not as a slave but as his wife, and he forgives her, and he restores her. And folks, that is exactly what God has done for each and every one of us. He has has opened his arms, and he has purchased us back through the death of his son Jesus. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Some preachers preach this and say, well, we need to be like Hosea. We need to go get the folks that are in need. We need to go get the folks who, who, who are, are sinful. We need to go... And that's partly true. Don't get me wrong. That part is. But I think the better way is what I've heard other preachers preach it by and says, no, we are Gomer. We are Gomer. And God has redeemed us. And all we have to do is receive the grace and the love that he has given us and come back to the family that he's placed us in. There's a story that Many a preacher has told, I'm sure, and you may have heard it, but it's a story about this little boy that uh, built a boat. 
It was one of those model boats, and I mean, the kind where you got to have the right kind of glue and, and all this kind of thing. And he worked hard on that boat, followed the directions perfectly, and put that boat together in a perfect way. He, he, he sealed it just right so that it would actually float on the water, this big model boat about like that. And, and so he would take it down to this little uh, city pond at the park and he would sail it out there and he had a, a long little rope string or, or a piece of twine on it that would hold it so he could pull it back into him whenever he was done. And one day for whatever reason that twine came loose and that boat caught the current of the steel wheel and went down into the steel wheel and he searched and searched and he couldn't find his boat. About a week later, he and his mother were in town, and they were walking down the street and walked by this second-hand shop, and up in the window of that second-hand shop, there it was. It was his boat, the boat that he had made. He went in to get the boat and said, Look, that's my boat. I lost it about a week ago. That's my boat. And the man said, well, I've paid for that boat, so if, if, if you want that boat, you're going to have to pay for the boat. I know I thought that was kind of mean in the guy, but anyway... He said, no, I've purchased it. You're going to have to purchase it. So the little boy went home, and for several weeks, he did chores around the house. He did different things, and so he could get enough allowance to finally go back and buy the boat. He gets back. The boat's still there. Hallelujah. That would have been a bad story if it wasn't. Amen. But anyway, the boat's still there, and he goes into the man. He gives him the money. The man gives him the boat, and he walks out of the store, and he's standing there with his mom, and his mom says, he looked so happy. He said, Mom, I am. He said, Mom, I made this boat and I paid for this boat. It's mine twice. And folks, what I want us to see this morning is that God's made us and God's paid for us. We belong to Him twice. Amen? Amen. We are His twice. And something the boat can't do is something we can. And that is receive the love and grace and the relationship that God wants to be in with each and every one of us. So I pray that that is what we do. And if you're here this morning in this place, either you're sitting here or whether you're watching online, I pray that we will not go another day, another hour, another minute without saying, Lord, you've made me and you've paid for me. I want to be yours twice. I receive your grace. I receive your love. Forgive me of my sins. Make me yours in every way. Let us pray. Almighty God, Lord, we pray that right now in this place tonight, uh, this morning, that you will just help us to know like never before that you've made us and you've paid for us. We have been bought with a price and the price was the life of your son Jesus the blood that was shed for each and every one of us now Lord help us to simply receive that and live into that relationship no matter how far we've run no matter what we've done let us turn to you and walk with you back to the family that you want us to be a part of today and that's your family in Jesus' name we pray, amen.